This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. What up, Knicks fans? It is a hard Knicks life. My name is Craig. Some people call me Axe. And on the other, Mike is Barry. This is Season 3. Episode 14. Just which getting is the right exact number it. of uh, games. I just stepped all over you. You stepped, I stepped all over you, you stepped all over me. All right, all right, you go first. I don't even remember. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say 14, the exact number of games that the Knicks have played this season. What a coincidence. This is Randy from North Bergen. I'm Mark. I've been a Knicks fan for 24 years. Hey, Craig and Barry. This is Rock from City Australia. I'm from D.C. Hey, guys. Steve this here. Manny from Stanford. Calling all the way from Palm Springs, California. It is a hard. It's a hard. It is a hard. Knicks. Knicks life. Knicks life. It's a hard Knicks life. What is up, Barry motherfucking D? What's up, Axe, my man? Haven't seen you since that wonderful Nick's viewing party, which was just one of the greatest, the greatest times I've ever had a Knicks fan. As a Knicks fan, no joke. Really? Yes. Come not on. for you. Come on. The it greatest wasn't for you. time. What, that was not one of the greatest times you've had as a Knicks fan. Y- yes, it was. But um, okay, well that's all. I didn't say the greatest. Okay. I said one of the greatest. All right, guys. I don't know if you were there. That was an awesome scene. Well, it was a great game. Number one. I've been trying to explain what went on that night to people I work with. Right. Basically, all of us Knicks fans that night, we know what a joke we are, and we know how ridiculous we are about taking a game like that so seriously. But dude, every single basket, the place was going nuts. Well, look, if you can attach a storyline. To a game during a season that's a meaningless season, yeah, you grasp onto those things, you know, and you live for those games, whether it's playing the Nets, whether it's playing KP, which was huge. And come on, in this one, although it was the second time we faced him, this was back at the Garden. It was a huge deal. I mean, it was a nationally televised game. It was so much fun. Great venue. I was a little nervous at first because I thought there wasn't going to be enough space, but it was a perfect amount of space. You know, it was a good turnout. A lot of free Crumkins. Crumkins. Yeah, thank you to our sponsor. Sent like Clarkson 20 Crump. fucking boxes of Crumkins. Oh my God, yeah. There was so much we couldn't even eat them all. They came through, man. I didn't have one of those, by the way. And you were, you had a lot. I did. <laughs> I was starving. <laughs> that was basically my dinner. Because I, I know, why, went there straight why do from we work. never have dinner at these fucking things? Ever. Because for us, at least for me, you know, I work and live on Long Island. So for me to track into the city on a weeknight straight after work, I don't really have time to grab food. What time did you get out of work? I left early. I, I left work at uh, like six o'clock. You can't you know? grab a little something at like 5.30? I could have. I want, I want, look, I wanted to get to the place. I figured I would order something at the bar, but there wasn't really a spot to sit. So I didn't feel comfortable ordering anything there. We met some, we met some great people there, right? Some listeners. We, did. we met some listeners there. It was always we, fun. There was this one dude, forget what his name was. Was it by like or bi? He well, I remember his Twitter handle. He was trying to share his Twitter handle with me, and he was like, like the, the worst. It's like bi eight seven three zero seven, and I'm like, what's up with all those numbers? He was like, I don't know. This is what they gave me. Yeah, and you're like, dude, let, let me see that. And you saw he had like it was like just started. He had like nine followers. I mean, like, dude, just change it. Yeah, right? just get a new. I mean, there's a way to choose your name. You don't have to use that 
these randomized numbers they've given you. Right. But we met him. He was like sitting next to us, and he was like, "Hey, do you know where the uh, the Hard Nicks Life guys are? That's fucking us." <laughs> and he was like, "I thought I recognized your voices." So that was cool meeting him. That was awesome. It's always cool. And Justin was there. James was there for the beginning, and then he went to the game. James? Yeah, James from, from Queens. Queens. Yeah, he was there for like a quick second. Uh, where the fuck was I? I don't know. It was right at the beginning. Uh, Wait a second. Uh, Tiff was there, she, and then she headed off to the game. You really are James's favorite. Like, I never really believed that. He didn't even <laughs> fucking find me to say hi. Well, you remember, you haven't been to the last couple of events like these either. I met him the last couple of times, so. And and we met Mayar, Mitchell met Robinson's Mayar. agent, finally. Yeah, at halftime. So let me tell you guys, a while ago, Mayar and Mitchell were giving out this nice gift of harmonicas to Nick's content creators, right, Barry? And right. Apparently, we, we Mitchell, had gotten word of yeah. this though a long time ago. Right, right. Apparently, Mitchell hooked up with Fender, and they right. made like two hundred of these limited edition harmonicas as like a thank you for being quote instrumental, you know, in his right, success. Right. Which somebody, yeah. but somebody posted a photo of themselves getting this. Like, a, how long ago? Dude, it's it was like a month and a half, maybe. Yeah, maybe like a month and a half ago. But and around the, around was, the same time, Mayor messaged Barry for his address, name and yeah, address. Yeah, like right before that, <laughs> I was DMing with Mayor about something. And he's like, oh, by the way, you know, what's your home address? I want to send you something. So in my head, I'm like, what the hell is he going to send? And then I see people posting this harmonica. I was like, oh, very, that's so cool. We're going to get a harmonica. And then <laughs> literally every day, <laughs> I would go to the mailbox and check in the mailbox, hoping that there would be something in there. I mean, I know, I know it's a little harmonica. But still, to me, it, it's something. It means a lot. Barry um, wanted this harmonica so bad. I wanted bad. it so you bad. Were, and then, you, when you got it, you told me that your wife is going to be so relieved because every yeah. day you would ask her. <laughs> yeah, I was like, did anything come from me in the mail? <laughs> oh, and then a few times I would open the mailbox, a small box was in there, and then it would be addressed to my wife. It was something stupid that she ordered. I was so upset. It's like you're <laughs> a child during like waiting for a Christmas gift, dude. Yeah. And I mean, look, we do this podcast, right? We get a lot of listeners, okay? But it's rare that we get like any type of praise whatsoever. And I know it's a, it's a little you know trinket, it's a little thing, but it's something that I you know that I have. Okay, so I mean, shoot me for for being happy about it. Every show, I'm like, yeah. hey, did you get it yet? You get your harmonica, and you're like, no. Yeah, and I'm like, Craig, do you think it's like a, a bitch move if I like DM him and say, um, by the way, you know, you asked me for my address, but uh, you know, I didn't get anything, and you're like, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> And I'll be honest, I was sort of dreading the day you got yours because I was convinced, and you know this, that I wasn't getting one because no one ever asked me for my fucking address. <laughs> right. So I was like, I know, Barry, I know you're the fa everyone's fucking favorite. Mayor <laughs> probably doesn't even know I exist. You're getting the harmonica. I'm not going to get I don't even care, really. And meanwhile, if you got one, I didn't get one, I'd be fucking pissed. And meanwhile, you're hard next life. I mean, not only is it literally your handle, you started the thing, you edit the thing, you put out the thing. You know, I'm, I'm oh, just kind of here for the ride. Barry's making me feel better. <laughs> so, okay. How about some personal news of mine? You got personal news. Well, just, yeah, a little bit. So, um, so speaking of that night, I had $100 on the Knicks game, right? It was the second time I had bet on the Knicks. I also picked the Knicks against the second Boston game, which they were getting like seven points, and I had a feeling that was going to be close, even though they got blown out the first time. I won that. Well, the Cavs game, that morning... I put $100 on the Knicks, even though uh, they were favored to win by three. Then after I put that $100 down, I saw that Kevin Love wasn't playing. So 
Then I check, and now the line has moved from three to five. And at first I thought about it, and then I said, you know what? The Knicks are going to blow the Cavs out. What do I care whether it's three, five, eight? The Knicks are going to blow out the Cavs. I know they just lost to them a week before by 18 at home. And that before that game, we thought the Knicks were going to blow them out. Yeah, but I didn't put money on that game. This Smart. game, I knew they were going to blow out. <laughs> so I put another $400 on the Knicks. I bet $500 on the Knicks last night to beat the Cavs, and I came in. So now I'm 3-0 and So how much money did season. you win last night? 500 or- bucks. Whew. So now I'm up $700 on the season, and I'm 3-0. and You know, because it occurred to me, I said, first of all, I'm never going to bet against the Knicks because I can't watch a game and hope that they lose. And for the amount of wins that the Knicks are going to have this season, there's not going to be a lot of opportunities for me to bet. So if I really want to bet, I got to bet big, and that's what All I right, did. All right, so you're on a big winning streak here. I'm on a big so winning streak. So you're 3-0. and Up 700. Maybe, maybe you need to give the fans a little tip for this week. Are you going to bet on any games this week? Can they win with you? I'm definitely not betting against Philly, <laughs> for sure. And, but, you know, a lot of it has to do with momentum, as you know. And, and even though they were coming off that loss against Charlotte, I, there was no way they were going to, you know, return to the Garden and lose to this pathetic Cleveland team again. And you would never bet against the Knicks. And I will never bet against the Knicks, no. So you won't you won't share any tips for this week? You want to just keep that all I've yourself? got Yeah, well, I'm as of now, I'm not planning on betting against the Knicks. Again, you got to see how it goes. Um, but yeah, if we do a podcast before a game coming up and I'm, no, I'm going to bet. Sure, I'll share with the listeners. All right. One of our, one of the uh, listeners, Tommy, one of my favorites, fucking Tommy, who either loves us or hates us. Apparently. He mostly hates us. <laughs> he usually hates us. I think in the last show, he liked us. Whatever. Right. He suggested that we do some sort of, you know, we, we play the blues with these harmonicas Did that he? we got. Okay. Yeah, on Twitter. All right. So I was like, oh, that's a great idea. Let's do like the hard Nick's Life blues. So... Barry and I decided we were going to play the blues here and sing y'all a song. I just said y'all. You're getting into the southern bluesy thing. I have to be honest. I don't know what key this harmonica is. I don't know much about harmonicas. And and you you feel like you need to know what key it's in? Well, my kids, when I when they saw this, they wanted their own. So I had to go to the store last weekend and buy everyone a fucking harmonica. Really? So now we, me and my kids, we all play the harmonicas together. <laughs> but you can buy them in any key. And I'm pretty sure playing this, that this is not a blues key. It says blues on it. That's true. It does say blues. It on says it. blues. It says blues deluxe. But everything I play out of this, it sounds so fucking happy. Doesn't yours? I don't. I can't get it to sound bluesy. <laughs> just because it's just because it's higher notes. <laughs> everything I sa- play sounds like a fucking like little jig here. Listen, listen to this. All right. Well, that's because you you're playing it like that. You got <laughs> well, You know what you got to do? You got to put like that little, um, that little like uh, wave thing on the end here. Listen. You know. Am I playing it upside down or something? Mine sounds totally different than yours, dude. You got to see that. You got to be looking at the numbers. Numbers. There's the numbers, numbers are on top. Are There's numbers. numbers, one to ten. Okay. Like that? How's that? That's is that pretty bluesy? good. Pretty good. I have a feeling though this is kind of getting like the crumbs cakes taste test. Okay. Bit. So we we're not fucking singing a song, but we thought we'd have some fun and just you know play a few notes 
maybe give some fun blues titles for the Knicks, right? Yeah, yeah, like a little Hard Knicks album that maybe right. We're like this is on. the Hard Knicks Life Blues album, and then we got some tracks on it. That's right. So what's the what's like like the first one? All right, so the first one is um. Well, let's give the title first, no? Oh, that was cool. That's a cool fucking set. <laughs> yeah. So 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 go this this we're gonna give the title for this or what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. So first track will be. And you could you could take this one, Craig. Is I've got the orange and blues. Ooh, I've got the orange and blues. Let's hear it. I got the orange and blues right there. That's nice. what Beautiful. else? <laughs> and then next track on the album, Barry, the ISO playing time blues. The Alonzo Trier. They used to call me ISO Zo. But now I'm um, ISO playing time blues. You know, ISO like in search of. Right. You get it? Yeah. How does that go? How does that sound? <laughs> oh. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Just like the sadness on the bench there. I right. feel bad for Zoe, though. Yeah. Well, then you're probably going to feel bad for Julius because he's got his own tune. On our album, Randall Ain't Got No Handle. That's not nice after that game he just had. Let's see how that goes. That's more like this. And by the way, for some reason, I'm playing Barry's tracks and he's playing mine. <laughs> I don't know. This. All right, here we go. That's it, because Randall oh, wow. just like, he just charges down the court <laughs> That's right. and just fucking and barrels over someone or the ball goes flying away and it's over, like before right. it even started. Just so like that, that was... it's out of his hand. And... <laughs> That's it. Right. And probably what? my favorite my favorite track is called, My coach is a nice guy who says all the right things, but has trouble finding rotations and can't draw up any real schemes, especially a game-winning inbounds play. And that goes a little something like this. Oh, Barry's going to play this one out. What? That was quick. And a that little, was quick. A little flutter at the end. That's right. I expected a lot more randomness and uh, just making no sense between right. notes. <laughs> it would have been more <laughs> And accurate. just kind of figuring it out as you go. Uh, and I saw that one. You had that long track, and I've got one somewhat long one, too. Let's hear it. This is stupid, but the title is Dennis Smith, still, Dennis Smith Jr. Still Got No Jumper. Haven't seen a dunk of his all year, right? That's right. <laughs> and what's up with that hair? Is it an in-between phase blues? Right? What all do you right. think of Dennis Smith Jr.'s hair? It's, I mean, I don't love it. I don't love it either. Is you think he, that's going to become... He's 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 got a goal to get that like... Oh, you think this is like his transition period? Yes, right it's, it's like an in-between phase. He's, he's trying oh, to grow it out phase. right now. Is he get, trying to get long dreads or something? I don't know. It's an awkward phase. Right. So, Barry, those were the blues. Right. Thank you to uh, yeah. Mayar and, and Mitch. Mitchell Robinson. Yes. And you're either all hating them for giving us these fucking harmonicas <laughs> or you're probably hating them. Yeah. So a lot's happened since we last talked, right? Yeah. I mean, sure one is. good thing is no one's been fired yet. Is that good or bad? I think it's good. Okay. I'm... As much as I don't think Fizdale has shown himself to be a great head coach, I, I don't need a mid-season firing. Um, I don't think there's any good that can come of it. 
So I'm riding with Fizz. I'm not looking at these next 10 games to determine what's going to happen this season. You know, I'll wait till the end of the season to do that. That's what the offseason's for. So I'm sticking with Fizz. How, and how many games has it been since that press conference? Do you know? That was the first Cavs game, which was last Sunday night. So there's been three games since. And we've won two of three since. There's been four, I'm sorry, there's been four games since. We played four games. Chicago, Dallas, Charlotte, and Cleveland. Okay, so again. we're two and two. We're two and two. That's right. And, you know, one huge, we had two huge wins against Dallas, but over the last four games, one huge win against Dallas and one and a nice win against Cleveland. And a very winnable game against Charlotte that we went should, to the wire. Right. We should have a three-game winning streak right now. Yeah. Can, can I ask you a question? Which yeah. which feels worse? Getting blown out? And, and again, granted, this is like against like a mediocre team, okay? Which feels worse? Getting blown out or like losing at the last second? Against like the one? same type of team? Same type of team. It's much harder to watch us get blown out for the whole game against a shit team. Oh, see? And yet I feel worse when we lose a really close game. I know it's worse for the team, um, you know, because it, it almost feels like a setback and you're not showing any progress. But for me, it just – it hurts. Like, because it stays with me the next day, um, if not longer, like thinking about, oh, my God, we really could have had that. Dude, but, it, but, really but these games me. where we get blown out by teams that are the bottom of the league, those sit with me more than us losing on a last-second buzzer beater – by some dude who just hit like eight or nine three pointers, <laughs> and he I was feel totally, like... he was pretty much entirely contested for that three. Even though Frank, he had to like come running back to get towards him. Maybe it's because that I, was... I feel more invested in like those close games. Like when you're getting blown out, it's like you're coming to grips with it. You like know what's coming, and you know you you, you just deal with it. But like in those close games, you feel like you feel like you're gonna pull out the win, and you're on the edge of your seat. Your blood pressure's high the whole time. And then, you know, then comes the dagger. Those hurt me more. But, all right. Yeah, well, yeah, well so I'm, but I'm, I'm with you on Fizdale. A friend of mine texted me today, do I want Fizdale to be fired? Yeah, I really don't. I feel like we're I in don't. a smaller camp, right? Isn't that the I impression you so. get? I don't think so. I think it's split 50-50 pretty much. I don't want Fizdale to be fired. I think you got to give him at least, listen, if, if like 60% of the way through the season we are We've got seven wins, and you want to fire him? Fine. It's just way too early in the season. He he's got one season under his belt. He came to this team with the expectation of coaching Porzingis at some point. Right. Rotations seem like they're coming together a little bit more. Maybe. I mean, is it, I I feel like they're only th- that press conference a few days ago might have lit a bit of a fire under him to start to focus on some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think because it does seem like since then. He really is, you know, trying to be way more focused with rotations, who's playing, who isn't. The players seem like they're taking it all a little bit more seriously. But I don't want him to be fired. I just believe that if he somehow did get fired, I need the front office to go with him. If he's the only casualty during the season, it's not fair to him. And, you know, if the front office deserves a chance to make it through the season, I think he should too. And then we can reassess after the season. I don't know. That's where I'm at. But we've won two of three, Barry. Should be three of for the last three. Over the last six games, we're playing 500 ball. That's great. That sounds great. That's that's good. I mean, we've been we're winning and losing, but if we finish the season 41 and 41, people would be shocked, right? Shut the. And up. by the way, the Nets. What? We what? won't finish 41 and 41. I'm just saying that's 
We're playing 500 ball over the past six games. That's okay for the Knicks. That's a big fucking accomplishment right now. All right. <laughs> yeah. And the Nets have lost four or five, which is tell, tell that to somebody amazing. who's looking at the schedule over the course of the next uh, couple of weeks. Tell tell what? Tell tell that that we've been playing 500 up to this point. That you know, if we keep playing like that, it's going to be 41 and 41. It's not going to happen. I mean, you're you're going against powerhouses now. You're getting up, you know, to probably the no. hardest part of your schedule for the whole season right now. You know, forget you're, you're yeah, it's great. You went 500 the last six games. It's great. We've won three but, games over the last six, Barry. That's unbelievable. <laughs> All right. And Brooklyn sucks. So what Brooklyn else do you sucks. want? We have gotten ourselves from like underneath the pile of NBA shit teams, right? There's basically there's eight other teams that are just as bad as us, which feels pretty good to say too. We're not at the bottom. <laughs> There's a lot of teams sitting with four wins right now. I, I find it hard to believe that there's eight teams as bad as us. Uh, yeah. I almost want to take a look at that, but I don't want no, to. No, trust the me. There's time. a lot of four-win teams right now. There's four-win teams. We're not, it doesn't mean we're as good. You can make the case that uh, we're still isn't, learning isn't to Portland, gel. Isn't Portland a four-win team? Portland who just signed Mello, picked Mello up. Mello got signed? I, I haven't seen that. Yeah, sure. Should we talk about my uh, Kyrie source? Yeah, go ahead. I mean, it's kind of just con it's kind of confirming the sky is blue. But go ahead. Well, you know, yeah, obviously, you know how everyone started saying that Kyrie, uh, there was a lot of turmoil in the Nets organization with Kyrie, and you know his mood swings and all that. And then a lot of people people started reporting that those mood swings, these mood swings, aren't true. It's not real. I have a, I have a good source who is very good friends with someone on a Western Conference team. I'd say in the coaching staff slash front office. I'm not sure if this person's c considered front office or coaching staff. Do you know what they'd be considered based um, off of what you know? Behind the scenes. They're aware of conversations that their GM has had with Sean Marks, the Nets GM. And apparently, apparently all is not well in Nets land. It's not all, you know, everyone's saying Kyrie's... You know, he's not crazy. There are no mood swings. Everything's great there. As we all know, how many wins do, does the Brooklyn, do the Brooklyn Nets have, Barry? Are they still at four? Or they got five, 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 five and eight or five, something? Five, five right, and right. eight? All right, so obviously they're not playing great yet. We know Boston, who lost Kyrie to Brooklyn, now is Kemba Walker. And they're sitting atop of the entire Eastern Conference. They're like 10 and one, 11 and one the last time I checked. But all is not well in Nets land, Barry. Apparently... It all starts, first of all, it all starts with Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson, the head coach. They are not on speaking terms, and they have not spoken in a while. Ever since last season, according to this source, Sean Marks was set to fire Kenny Atkinson, but then the Nets went on some kind of big win streak, and he couldn't. So Marks and Atkinson aren't speaking because Atkinson knows that Marks wants him gone mm -hmm. the first chance he gets. And Marks isn't speaking in because he doesn't like the way Atkinson coaches, which I find interesting that after all this talk all summer about the, you know, about how KD, Kyrie and DeAndre were coming to the Nets because of Atkinson and the culture that was being created. But apparently Atkinson and Marks are not speaking. And my source told me that these Kyrie mood swings and tension with Kyrie and the team are 100% accurate. He told me the mood swings are real. But he actually told me tonight, I texted him, I was like, hey, dude, I know you told me that that your friend said that he heard that Kyrie really is, essentially is crazy. And the Nets know it. <laughs> and Sean Marks knows it. And they're very unhappy with that. But but he, he texted me tonight. He said, 
that Kyrie is not talking to anyone in the front office. He's not talking to any of his coaches, any of his teammates, any of the staff. And I'm quoting quoting my source here, Barry. He said that that the entire team is treating him like an artist, just knowing that he's going to do his thing on the court and succeed on the court, but they're staying out of his way otherwise and letting him do whatever he wants. They're treating him like an artist. That's not being part of a team. <laughs> That's the culture there. Right. <laughs> That's the new culture. But I don't know. I thought I wanted to share that with everyone because I think that's good information. It is good. I mean, it's good for us. It's crummy for the Nets. (laughs) Barry, that has to be the smoothest transition to an ad read you've ever done. How did you know this was where we were doing the read? I have it right here in the rundown. Craig, you you and I are on such the same wavelength. It's it's sick. It's crazy. It's it's Kyrie crazy. Oh, you want to read this or me? Sure. Go for it. Here at Hard Nick's Life, we like to say, at least for this ad, that it's a crummy Nick's life. Ooh, a little accompaniment. Using a family recipe born in 1950s Brooklyn, New York, and perfected on the east end of Long Island, Clarkson Avenue Crumb Cake Company <laughs> promised... You know, we didn't even tell Clarkson Crumb that there was going to be music with their ad. That should up mm, the price a little extra. bit, I think. <laughs> That's cost extra. Um... They promise it'll be the most delicious crumb cakes, and they really are the delicious crumb cakes on the market with flavors like Blackout, Brooklyn Joe, Salted Caramel, Classic Crumb. Your taste buds will thank you. They're available online in two sizes, the classic 8x8 size cakes or the world-famous Crumpkins, which are like bite, not not, not even bite size. You get like three or four bites out of these crumpkins they're actually pretty big but they're essentially crumb cakes in mini muffin form so take a trip down clarkson avenue and crumb get some and not only when you use promo code hard life will you get 23 percent off your order but now through thanksgiving you will also get free shipping on orders over 35 dollars that's right any order over 35 bucks free shipping Plus, you'll get your 23% off with Hard Next Life promo code. Just go to www.clarksonavcrum.com. Wow. And I couldn't, that felt long. I just couldn't keep playing that harmonica, dude. <laughs> it was and they do though. supposedly have some great pumpkin crumb cakes. Oh, yes. Those that are I think new. everyone should check out. Yeah, limited time only. All right. Back to the show. Let's talk some Frank Nilakina, Craig. Frank Nilakina, the French bulldog that I, I've. I've decided to call him from now on. Let's talk Frank, all right? Something's different lately, right, Barry? It is, Craig. And it's it's not that he's scoring a ton of points. Nope. Right? Nope. He's got a you know, a little bit more aggressive, and he you know he looks a little bit more graceful on the offensive end, but it is more than that. What is going on? Is it the D? It, has he accepted his role? Does he finally know what his role is? Well, look, I mean, first of all, there's no doubt that he is an elite defender. Anybody that ever thought that there was overreaction or it was being hyped up too much. It it is not. He is an elite defender in this league, causing havoc, whether he is defending on ball or away from the ball, getting in passing lanes, making, you know, the offense nervous. But as far as, you know, speaking of nervous, for me, when he's on the court, I feel the opposite of nervous. I'm comfortable. I'm extremely comfortable when he is on the court. And I know Dennis Smith Jr. is struggling right now, and he's got to kind of find his way back, and that's probably a big part of the reason why I'm more comfortable when he's on the floor. But I'm just at ease when he's in control. I, my, blood ple- my blood pressure literally is lower 
when he's on the court. Yeah, I mean, the effort he's putting in on D, how much he's diving for balls now. Oh, he's, my God. He's playing with this fire and this passion. He's getting pumped up. He that doesn't dive, take any he, that, plays off. Craig. That dive he went after Doncic, uh, that loose oh, ball. That, I mean, that was, that was, that was incredible. incredible. The last game against Cleveland, he went after, he dove after ball. I'm just seeing more and yeah. more of that. Yeah, he doesn't take any plays off. Every play, he's 100% focused on defense. He's really seemed to have turned a corner. I know we always thought he was great defensively, yeah. but he's and definitely dude, raised his level over the past few games. And dude, these and, fucking and bullshit. Off, uh, but before you get it, yeah. offensively, I just want to say before I forget, defensively, he's been great. Offensively, he hasn't been stellar or anything, but he's 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 not incompetent. And he's shown some moments of just beautiful plays or passes and he just seems more confident. It doesn't mean he's taking 14 shots a game, right? Right, right? He's still scoring six, seven points a game, but they're confident makes. And, you know, it's he just seems to be playing with more confidence. He's not forcing anything. Right. I mean, he has some careless passes when he tries to either do a cross-court pass or, you know, makes a wild pass here and there. But, yes, but you know what? So, Every player on that team does. They too. do. But what he's so good at, because we know he doesn't have that like superior burst of quickness, but he's so good at timing plays just right. You know, you know whether he's got to slow himself down a little bit just to time the roll man off to make that nice pass or to draw the defender in. He's really gotten good at that. I love that you know the little turnaround, you know, fade jumpers that he does right around the basket because mm. they seem to yes. be falling more times than they're not. Um, what's bugging the shit out of me, and I think I know the reason is all these fucking foul calls against him that aren't fouls. I mean, that the, the Dallas game when he blocked Porzingis, that looked very clean to me. There were two fouls against him against Cleveland, which he was playing good defense. I think, what I think it is, I think these refs aren't used to seeing guys play such good defense. Yeah, yeah, you know. Just blowing what, yes. the whistle. You know what it is. First of all, a lot of it's reputation and just he's got to earn the respect of the refs and they're yeah they're not used to seeing a six six point guard go up against a Porzingis dunk yeah, you know I'm telling you so they they just it's like automatic for them just to blow the whistle there's no way Frank could have actually legitimately blocked that ball once if he starts doing this more and more I mean it sucks that this is the way the NBA is but the refs start to believe it more and they hold their whistles back a little bit yeah but he's also gets a lot of fouls calls just because he's so aggressive all the time right yeah and he is playing all out. It's just gonna even. It's just gonna lead to you getting more fouls against you, even if they're not really actually fouls. By the way, there was an Alfred Pay Payton update today. He's out for what another ten days. His, his hamstring is not fully healed, so everybody settle into more Frank, which is great, and more of Dennis Smith Jr. trying to figure his struggles out. He had that one huge game against Dallas, right at home. We all thought maybe he was turning a corner there. He looked incredible in that game. He looked saw fast. The way, <laughs> he looked yeah, like he, he was looked. he was literally making an effort to get other people involved. Yeah, he was keeping his dribble. Getting, he was yeah, he had the ball on a string, dude. He was dribbling into the in close, didn't have what he wanted, came back out, kept dribbling, eventually find someone or eventually break down the D. He looked so good, but since then it's been back to pretty much, he's shown a few flashes, right? Right. But it's been pretty much DSJ before the Dallas game, yeah. which is really disappointing. Yeah. Um, speaking of DSJ, I know, um, you know, he's obviously he's coming in off the bench, right? To uh, relieve Frank. 
And who has he been coming in with is Mitchell Robinson. And, you know, a few weeks back we said, how is Mitchell Robinson not mm. your starter? But I, I love the two of them coming in together. It's crazy. I've, like, done a 180. Like, I can deal with that. And then, you know, you let Mitch stay in for more minutes if he's not getting into foul trouble. And I don't have a problem. You know, you let somebody like Taj set the tone, you know, on the defensive side, right? Um, and just his leadership, his smarts, all that stuff. But then you bring in DSJ with Mitch. And, you know, for the defensive, um, you know, what, what am I looking at the word for here? You know, Frank's coming off the court now, so you're losing that guy in defense, but you're bringing in Mitch, and it picks up the liability that you got in Dennis Smith Jr., and the two of them have been working so well together. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. fine with it. I'm fine with it in that role. And Mitchell Robinson, how about how about the Willis-Reed game, oh, right? Mitchell that Robinson's Willis-Reed game. Oh! <laughs> That, that was that, a moment, that man. Kid has so much heart, dude. He's been <laughs> so good. Mitchell Robinson. Let's talk about Mitchell Robinson. He's been so good since he's come back, right? He came back in for the Dallas game. Yep. And he's just been so good, so consistent every game. He's doing something great. Whether he's getting four blocks in a game or he's putting up, you know, 17 points, 12 boards against the Hornets and playing great D. That last game against Cleveland, yeah, he looked a little off. Right, he was missing shots in close that he usually makes with ease. Right, that was the worst shooting game I've ever seen from three of seven. So that basically means he missed four dunks slash layups. Right, <laughs> but he's been he's been really good since he's come back. And yeah, when he rolled that ankle, went down the entire court, got up. They they basically left him open because he wasn't walking <laughs> properly, yeah. <laughs> right. and then threw it down. Yeah, that was great. Limp to the basket. Yep. You know, he's such a nice guy with these fucking harmonicas and <laughs> the way he treats everybody and his personality. I mean, he I, for a few weeks, I wasn't sure whose jersey. I want to get him back on the Mitchell Robinson. Are I you? need his jersey <laughs> okay. kick. By the way, I didn't say when we saw Mayor, his agent, at the bar, I said to him, I said to him, never let Mitchell leave the Knicks. Oh, right, right, right. right. <laughs> And I was like, like you're not gonna let him. I was like, seriously though, you're not gonna make let him go to Dallas or something, right? And do you remember what Mayor said? I think he said we're actually talking to Dallas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, said something. <laughs> he like joked that. around, but he was kidding. I don't yeah. think they're going anywhere, right? Iggy Brazdakis, real quick, played at Westchester the other night, dude. Big night. You see his stats? Yeah, I saw thirty six points. What's, what? What am I supposed to do with that, Craig? Tell me. He's incredible. I mean, he's an he's an NBA him. he's an NBA player. Coming into the G League. That just confirmed he's an NBA player. That's all it did for me. It doesn't even do that, really. <laughs> I don't even think it does that. Okay, good. At least you're not uh, putting too much credence. I mean, great, good for him. Make the most of what you can make. You want to listen to some voicemails, Barry? Okay. All right, let's do it. Here we go. We got one voicemail, Barry, from Micaiah from Palm Springs. I don't know if you remember Makai. I do. I know. Let he's, me guess. So don't, play, don't play. Don't play. He's going to say, from Palm Springs, California. I'll be honest. Like, Makai has the, the smoothest voice I've ever fucking heard in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what's up, boys? It's Makai from Palm Springs, California. <laughs> you <get laughs> you got to listen to this shit. I listen to this voicemail, and I get sucked in and... Micaiah, I don't know what you do, but you should do... I was honestly like, should I talk to Micaiah about replacing Barry in the show? His voice is so smooth. What do you think about that, Barry? I'm not going to respond Or maybe you should Craig. fucking replace me. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody's got to edit this shit together. <laughs> Here you go. What's up? It's your man, Micaiah, from Palm Springs, California. 
And I just got one question. Just one. And by the way, Barry, he says he's got one question. Right. Just one. He goes on for the full two minutes. All right, well, he's pontificating. Where the hell is Iggy Brad Dakis? Where is Brad Dakis? Oh, that's what this voicemail's about, Iggy? Where is the son of an MMA player? Where is he? Because Iggy's going to play some D, okay? Iggy will play some D. Iggy will knock somebody over. Iggy will get in somebody's drawers. How were we bamboozled by Marquise Morris talking all this bonchinche? And for my non-Spanish speakers, my non-Puerto Rican and Dominican speakers, bonchinche is a, all this nonsense, talking all this trash. Did you know that what bonchichi meant? No. I thought, and I thought I was well-versed in Spanish. Because it's in your wife, like your wife knows is something Spanish, right? My wife teaches Spanish. She's got Spanish-speaking family members. I've got, um, I got people, I, co-workers that speak Spanish. And I thought, I pride myself on being a pretty good Spanish speaker. And you didn't know what Bonchichi was? Now you do. No. All this bullshit about how this ain't the old Knicks anymore. We're, we're going to defend home turf. And we're shut the fuck up, Marquise Morris. Shut up. Because you don't play D. How can you talk on something you know nothing about? I would rather spend this season looking at my rooks and my second year and first year players getting that experience than dumping the ball into Randall with his two left feet for hand, dribbling the ball, turning it over. I'd rather watch Iggy play D and put up some shots, get some NBA experience, than watch the ball disappear into the black hole named Marquise Morris. Marcus Morris, whatever the hell his name is, he's a twin. I can't tell the difference. They both suck. We should be playing harmonica behind this. I know I've gone on for a little nope, bit. No, nope, no, don't do it. But where is it? Change my mind. Right. <laughs> where are my first year players getting all the time? Where is my rook getting all their time? Where are my second year player? Frank needs more time. Fuck out of here with your bullshit. This is like spoken word. This should be in a fucking cafe, some downtown street corner. Don't they clap or something? Some people do. <laughs> all right. I heard on the radio today, somebody was like, oh, what about the Knicks? And the, oh, these are not Knicks. These are rent-a-players. They are not invested in the success of this team. Why are they going to play hard? And then so the, the announcer said something about, well, what, what about being a professional? Can't they be No! This is a player's league. And they're worried about their brand, how many shots they can put up to look good for another team. All they're doing is auditioning for another team. He does not care about the team. All right, so then, Barry, as you know, our voicemails cut off after three minutes. You can only do three minutes. Thank God. All right, because some people would just go on forever. He calls back. He's got another minute and a half. Do we want Do we want to give him the floor? I, I think it's really interesting. This is poetry, Craig. Yeah, let it, let, it, let it run. Let it go, right? You've got the floor. All right. Micaiah. Micaiah, Micaiah here you go. From Palm Springs, California. We, this might have to be a weekly bit if he can, you know... Write some spoken word. I'm sorry. I've never called back twice in a row. I ran out of time. 
act. Barry, I'm sorry. Okay? That's how heated I am right now. Thank God I live in California, so I, I, I got time to cool off so I can actually go to sleep and go to work tomorrow. Three, three hours behind you guys. So I get, I get a chance to cool off and go to sleep, but I'm so heated right now. Oh, anyway, listen, you guys hang in there. Nick fans, Nick fans, you hang in there, bro. Axe, you were talking crazy about blow it up. Builds don't happen overnight, brother. Hang in there. But if you're going to kick the rebuild game to me, if you're going to kick that game to me, show me we're rebuilding. Give me the pieces that we brought in through the draft to rebuild this. Don't spoon feed me Marquise Morris and, and, and Bobby Portis. Randall's here, he, but he needs to know his role. Okay? You are not a number one, my guy. Give up the ball. Anyway, that's all I got to say. Makaya, Palm Springs, California. I lost my goddamn voice screaming at the TV. It's like, I'll be listening to the next podcast, as always. And y'all stay up, man. Nick fans, stay up. First of all, was he calling him Marquise Morris? The whole, the whole phone uh, call? I don't know. Marquise Morris. Marquise. First, I thought he was saying Marquise Morris, and I'm trying to think, what did I miss about Marquise Morris, and why is he talking about Iggy? Did he say something about our Iggy? But then I realized towards the end, no, he's talking about Marcus Morris, but he keeps calling Marquise Morris. But that was a great call from Micaiah. Thank you, and thanks for listening. Palm Springs, California. Yeah, yeah next week, you know, after this, after you listen to this, figure something out over the next few days. Literally write down some poetry, and I want you to call back because I mean I don't even think that that's, was. That's I'm that pretty was sure that's Micaiah like driving home from. But I, I want to hear some. Uh, that's what it sounded like to me, and he's just letting it go. Yeah, beautiful. Well, yeah, I want some Nick's spoken word next time. You know, give us two minutes. Nick's spoken word weekly spot, Micaiah. If you want to do it, you got it. And we'll make it a weekly spot if you come through. Spoken word with Micaiah, or come up with your own title. All right. Love it. Now, Micaiah called from Palm Springs, California. That sounds, that's probably a beautiful place, right, Barry? Sounds beautiful. Palm Springs, California? Yeah. That's where people go on vacation and shit, right? Our other call this week is from the polar opposite. No offense, Shane, but we got Shane from Syracuse. And I know a little bit about Syracuse, and it is not anything to get excited about. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So here is Shane from Syracuse. Barry, Greg, Shane from Syracuse. I'd like to say, can we please tell Frank the triangle is gone? If I have to see him pass the Julius Randall at the top of the key as soon as he crosses midcourt, I'm going to freak out. Hard next life. And again, no, no offense to Shane, but you couldn't have two more opposite phone calls. All right? <laughs> yeah, right. one guy going for four and a half minutes. Shane is just to the point like, Tell Frank the triangle's gone and giving it to Randall, the top of the key after he crosses midcourt, whatever, it pisses me off. As if we can talk, tell, can we tell Frank that? Do we have some open dialogue with Frank? No. <laughs> no, we can't. Um, yeah, I don't know if Frank thinks that. I mean, I don't know what this triangle talk is. It doesn't seem like they're, I don't know what that has to do with the triangle, really. I think this was more um, angled at, uh, Julius Randle and his displeasure with Randle, who's coming off the best game of his Knicks career. Finally. I mean, Randle was finally. great. And, you know, I think a lot of 
Randall's struggles this year has been, have been because his shot just hasn't been falling, right? And, you know, when your shot's not falling and you were signed as the number one free agent, the Knicks are viewing you as their number one guy, rightly or wrongly. I mean, and you always know that by the Knicks player introductions for the game. The last player that that PA announcer calls is always who the Knicks believe is their top gun, right? Oh, yeah, it's not random. No, and it's Julius Randle this year. He feels pressure. When his shot's not falling, he feels like he needs to go out there and do something, so he's forcing things, and he's driving to the basket when he shouldn't because he wants to get close and try and score some fucking buckets for this team. Which he did right out of the gate against Cleveland. And one of the more impressive things from that line that he had was one tor- one turnover. You know, when you're entering that game, averaging 3.8 turnovers a game, and you only make one, that's a great game for you. And then cap it off with the, the offensive production he had. That's terrific. Now, one other thing I saw from Randall that I loved, and this, this you know, points to his leadership, okay? Mm-hmm. There was a play, Knox missed a shot, okay? And as usual, Knox is sulking about it as he's trotting back down the court. And Knox's man, although he doesn't have the ball yet, Knox's man beats Knox down the court. Randall's already in position on defense. Knox waves Randall, like, waves Randall over, like, just get my guy before I get up there, right? Like, even though he didn't have the ball yet, just cover him. Randall yells at Knox and starts waving Knox over. No, you get your ass back here and get on D. You know, just because you missed a shot, you know, basically saying, just because you missed a shot, don't slow down. I love that. I love the accountability that they're starting to show for one another, the intensity. I mean, again, the defense was great against Cleveland. You know, we got to remember that, you know, it was against Cleveland. They didn't have Kevin Love. They didn't have Larry Nance. But they did hold that up the entire game, which was great to see. The Knicks won that game on defense, scoring 123 points, mind you, which is way more than they've scored all season. They haven't even let up. 123 points to another team in any of their losses. That's a lot of points to score. And 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 the reason I say their defense won it is with all that scoring, Cleveland beat the Knicks in field goal percentage that game. Cleveland beat the Knicks in three-point percentage that yeah. game. They went 17 for 36, 47%. The Knicks only went 8 for 23, right. 35%. Twice and Cleveland ma- beat the Knicks. Twice as many threes for Cleveland. Yeah. And, Which is very rare to win a game, to get yeah. the the opponent has twice as many threes made yeah. as you, and you exactly. still blow them out. And Cleveland more assists than the Knicks. The Knicks won this game on defense. They had eight steals. They had 10 blocks. And, and the biggest detriment to Cleveland was the 19 turnovers that the Knicks forced on them. And the Knicks only turned the ball over seven times. Those are true stats from Barry. True That's right. Stats. True stats. True fucking stats right there, Barry. And here's another true stat. Knox having a, a good year, but 3 of 16 over the last two games. A little nervous about that. And 0 for 7 from 3 over those two games. He's got to turn it around. That's why he's so I mean, he's so still he's still at 39% from 3 on the season. But, dude, you're at 39% from field goal, per, you know, overall field goal percentage, too. And for a guy that drives to the basket a lot, you got to get that field goal percentage out. I think that's going to do it for the show tonight. All right? Okay. All right. You guys can reach out to us. It's a hardnickslife at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at hardnickslife. Follow Barry at Barry Dworkin. You can call us. Micaiah calls with your spoken word. You can call us from Palm Springs, California. 
Syracuse, New York, it doesn't matter. The most beautiful to the most shitty places on earth. Should I, can I say that? That's not. Uh, right. Yes. Shane yeah, no, knows you've got, that Syracuse. You've got clout in Syracuse. So if you if you've lived in Syracuse for a little bit, which I know that you're allowed a lot to of say, time there, you're allowed to shit right. on it. All right, yeah. they can call us, Barry. Where can they call us? They could call us the same place they always can. Five one six thirty three. Mesh one and 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 just because we're giving Micaiah the invitation to do spoken word doesn't doesn't invite everybody to call up the spoken word. Right? I actually I disagree, Barry. I was about to say, I thought you, I thought you were gonna say just because we asked Micaiah to do spoken word, that doesn't mean no one else can. No, no, because there is shitty spoken word out there. Craig. Well, let's hear. You know, if you think you can do it better than Micaiah, do it better than Micaiah. Let's let's go. I'm not getting that many calls. All right. That's right. And reviews. We, we want reviews. Reviews. You guys have been coming with the reviews. Still not enough. All right? If I'm talking and you have not left us a review by now, you better start feeling guilty about this. Right, Barry? What is taking so long? I'm talking to you. And you. And you. Leave us a damn review. Just click five stars. That's it. On iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. I don't know why I just listed everywhere we are. Barry. I haven't done that in a like while, it. but I fucking felt like it. It's a throwback. All right. That's it. All right. Big game against the Sixers. Any shot at all of not getting blown out in this game, Barry? Uh, yes. Yes. The Dicks are definitely not going to win. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, there's a chance they can keep it close. You never know. You never know. But you kind of do. <laughs> all right, guys. It is a hard Knicks life. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.